All righty. Welcome, everybody, to class number two of Healing Anxiety with A Course in Miracles. For those of you who might be tuning in to this second class for the first time, um, I'm hoping you'll tune into the first class as well, but I'm Corinne Zupko, and I'm really, really honored and excited to be here with you for our second class of diving into the healing principles of A Course in Miracles and the radical, radical transformation that this pathway can bring. So as we began last time, as Jennifer usually begins, let's begin with a opening period of silence. Let's come into meditation. So I invite you, if you are doing other things, just to put those aside for these next few moments. And turning your attention within. bringing your attention to your willingness, to your sense of willingness within. Your willingness to see differently. Your willingness to experience miracles. And your willingness to loosen the world from all you thought it was. Offering your willingness to your inner teacher, to spirit, knowing and trusting that the answer is already given. Trusting that tonight we'll hear exactly what we need to hear, we'll share exactly what we need to share, and we'll trust and know that being on this pathway, we have just set the path for guaranteed healing. We are on the path. The outcome is guaranteed. Our success is guaranteed. And in that, we can rejoice. We can be glad. We can be grateful and we can be happy. And so taking a nice mindful breath in and out. In this holy instant, we give to you. Be you in charge, for we would follow you. Certain that your direction gives us peace. If we need a word, a thought, or a tranquil open mind, these are the gifts that Holy Spirit gives. And we gladly place Holy Spirit in charge tonight by our request. Again, taking a nice mindful breath in and out. And coming together to our perception of right here, right now. Ah, oh, it's always a pleasant event for me to close my eyes. This happens often. I teach a meditation class at Bank of America. We'll close our eyes. And then when I open my eyes, there's like double the amount of people. <laughs> so welcome everybody who just joined us for class number two on healing anxiety with A Course in Miracles. So we covered a lot last week and we'll again be covering some significant teachings tonight. I'm going to share with you really two of the fast track practices 
that have rapidly brought me out of anxiety and into peace. And I'm really, really excited to share those with you. But before we get there, the homework that you engaged in is one of those additional practices that was like, you know, inner peace on, on the fast track. It, it helped the exercise that you did for homework helped me incredibly to start to look at some of the deeper hidden beliefs in my mind to bring those out to the light for healing. So I'd actually love to begin our session tonight with giving everybody a chance to process what you experienced with the homework, whether you hit some challenges with it or whether you, know, you had a um, learning experience from it, whatever it is that occurred, even if you didn't get to do the homework, no guilt, no shame, and you can use your four minutes in a breakout to talk through the homework. If you have it handy, you can share just a few of your fears and maybe just reflect on what those fears show you that you believe. So let's go ahead and move into a breakout. We'll do it the same as last time where each group of three, each person gets four minutes to share. And your four minutes is to use as you would like to reflect upon the homework, share anything, any insights that came up, anything that you learned. And after you've had a chance to share, we'll come back and do a little processing together. Okay, so I'm gonna help with the breakouts, guys. So I'm gonna unmute everybody for a moment so that when you go into the group, you're unmuted. So you'll see a join button on your screen. So just go ahead and click that. Here we go. So funny. Jill, we lost you. Did you go to a different group? You know, Rosalind, she messaged that she got kicked off, so she had to sign back in. Oh, okay. Welcome back, everybody. Angela, um, what, I guess, when should I, what number? Do you know what number we're waiting to get to <laughs> before I can start? It's probably, I, I think we're good to start. We're good. Okay, great. Thank you. All right, everyone, welcome back. I'm glad that you all had at least a few minutes to just share a little bit about this very, very profound homework. Angela and I just wanna share um, something that Angela said because it was so perfect that we get to a place with doing this radical self-inquiry that becomes uncompromising, meaning that, that, you know, that place we can come to of like, oh my gosh, I, re this, I really do believe I'm Corinne. I really do believe I'm a body. And this comes down to, do I want to hang on to my identity as Corinne or do I want the peace of God? Because it's, it's like one or the other. We can't have the full, we can't know the full peace of God and still hang on to this separate self-concept. We have to be willing to loosen our self-concept, to loosen my identity as Corinne 
to come to know who I really am and the peace of God that shines within me and within each of us right now. So I love that. And Angela said, you know, it's like, it's like doing a cleanse, but still trying to keep some of your favorite snack foods. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it really is uh, one or the other. So I'm just wondering, before we move on, are there a couple of folks that just feel moved to share something with the whole group, something that you learned from this exercise? You can go ahead and raise your hand. And I believe if I'm remembering Angela, it was star nine on the phone, I think. Yes, yeah, star nine on the phone. So if anybody wants to share just any insights that arose for you, I see Cheryl's hand. Go ahead, Cheryl. Hi. Um, I, I want to, I'm going to cry. I want to thank you so much for this exercise. Uh, it was very moving and, and life-changing. Um, and the passage, in fact, we were chatting about it on Facebook this week. Um, for once our belief that we're separate from God is healed, every other false belief goes with it. And that has remained on my mind throughout each day since I've read it, and almost like a little prayer that I carry with me, um, it's, it's just been an amazing uh, companion to carry along. And I have to say that one, once I wrote these things, um, the beliefs out, I realized while I was writing the fears that the one that was writing these things was my ego. Mm. and wow. so there I was observing myself I was observing my ego having a little freak out um, over all the stuff because if I would die if the body would die the ego would would die and it was afraid to die mm. Mm. so it wasn't the body it wasn't my I am presence writing this, it was my ego that was afraid to die mm. and had it invested in, into the body. Wow, how profound, how, how powerful to, to see that. And what comes up for me immediately is reminding ourselves that we lose nothing. You know, the ego, I, I get that. The ego part is afraid to die. And yet it's, it's, it's a, I like to think about it as an exchange. It's this exchanging of awareness from this small self to broadening our awareness into something much greater. So there's no, I mean, the course teaches there is no death. That's the core central illusion that holds everything together. And so there is no death for something that was never born. <laughs> There's no death for something that, that, that can't die. It's just the ego is just this belief of death in our mind. And it thinks, you know, it, it's going to be lost, but it's just an idea in our mind. So how powerful that you could be witnessing yourself in that exercise and see that that's not your higher self writing those fears, but that these are just the ego fears that we hang on to to keep our small separate self-concept in place. And when we release those fears, when we bring those fears to the light and look at them with Holy Spirit, what gets restored but our true sense of identity. And in that, the peace is unshakable and the knowing 
that there is no death becomes alive to us. It's not just words anymore. So thank you for that, Cheryl. That was really, really powerful. Wow. Awesome. Suzanne. Hi. Yeah, this was a great exercise for me as well. You know, I, I've been a really active student uh, in the course for about five years. And this was the first time I actually questioned and doubted whether I was really willing to let go of being Suzanne because I resist so much, you know, and I always thought, no, 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 there's no resistance here. You know, I'm really willing to give everything up. I'm really willing to give everything up to awaken. Right. And I just really began to question how really committed am I to this? And that in itself was really profound. Suzanne, you are hitting the meat and potatoes of this work. <laughs> you're, you're right Man, there. <laughs> I was, um, I've engaged one of the second or third year students to be my weekly coach. And um, throughout half of our session this morning, I, I was crying over this. Like, what am I doing? What, am I really committed to this? I don't know that I am. I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And uh, yeah, okay, so I've made some progress, but am I really, really willing to turn everything over to Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Everything. Mm. I don't know that I am. I don't know. And that is beautiful that you are seeing that. I love, this is the perfect, perfect segue into what I wanted to dive into tonight with another fast track practice to peace. And that is acknowledging our unwillingness to heal. And you're seeing it, Suzanne. That's, That's exactly the place that I want to bring us to is to be able to see that and, and question, am I really committed? Because when we can start to recognize our unwillingness, when we can start to own our resistance, we are seeing, it's smack in our face. We're seeing the grip that we still are holding on to for our identities, for our belief that this world holds something, you know, that, that is worth hanging on to, and that we're actually afraid of letting go. We're afraid of God. We're afraid of remembering the truth because we're afraid we're going to lose something. And so the fact that it feels like that unwillingness, that awareness of our, of your, of our unwillingness is like right there is a beautiful place to be because now the next step is to take that unwillingness, to take the recognition of our unwillingness to Holy Spirit. And I have a course quote that I wanted to share with you all tonight. And um, I'm going to hold it for just a few more moments. But Suzanne, what you just shared is spot on. And, and we're going to go into this more tonight with looking at our unwillingness, because this is big. And if you can be so radically honest to see your own resistance and question, am I really committed? Do I really, really want the peace of God? As we can own our unwillingness, 
again, this rapidly undoes the ego as we're willing to take this to Holy Spirit for healing. So bravo, <laughs> bravo. And Corinne, I just wanted to say we had someone write in on the chat. If you just want to take a look. Uh, okay, Sheila, I guess I'm having trouble understanding why I can't have a body and a name and still not be separate from God. I'm looking at you. You have a name. You have a body. I am still, I'm confused. We are spiritual, spiritual beings having a human experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we will and do still have bodies and a name. I, I wake up every day thinking I'm Corinne. I wake up every day still thinking that I'm a body. But as Suzanne was just saying, we have to really question, we have to really radically question, can I, let me pause for a moment. We have to look deeply into our own minds and see if hanging on to this identity of a separate self is getting in my way of knowing the peace of God. Now, we all want a happy life, right? We all want to have a really fantastic, easy life that has like lots of, you know, nothing, nothing but good. <laughs> the problem is that in this world of duality, it doesn't always, you know, stay. We, we don't just know the good in this world. We experience the, the other side of that as well. Going back to course metaphysics for a moment, Sheila, the Course is teaching us that we are actually not these bodies, as I'm sure you know. We are spirit. We are eternal. We are in the realm of formlessness and dreaming a dream of form. So we remain and stay as bodies with names as we are awakening here in this world of form, but we have experiences that teach us that we're something greater than this, and so as we're walking around in our bodies with our names, we're smiling more. Our face is more peaceful. There's more joy in our heart. We can extend love to others because we're now knowing that that love is coming through us through something greater than ourselves. So we are spiritual beings having a human experience, but the Course is teaching us that this human experience is actually part of the dream. I think I shared on the call last week on our, our class last week that the course says that the Bible says that a deep sleep fell upon Adam and nowhere is the reference to his waking up. So we're, we're, we're dreaming that we're humans right now. We're actually not. And our journey is to wake up to fully know that we are not these bodies here while we still seem to be in a body. So does that help Sheila? Can you let me know if that, if that helps, we're not, we don't give anything up um, in this process of awakening. So we are going to remain in our bodies to be miracle workers and light workers for others because it's essential that we free our minds from fear as soon as possible to help others because there's only one of us out there. And so we're helping ourselves as well in that process. Well, I definitely feel more loving. Um, and I can tell by the way people react to me that 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 part of me is showing through. It's just, there's not a lot of tangible stuff to grab onto mm -hmm. in the courts. And I'm having trouble with that. Mm -hmm. 
that tangible stuff is that feeling of love in your heart. That is what the Course is aiming us to know in every moment is that love in our heart, that that's who we really are. That's what is wanting to just pour through us, the love of God just come through us, that love is what you are. And so th those are miracles. Miracles are expressions of love. So every time you express love, every time you receive love, I'm sending, I'm, I'm holding my heart, feeling such beaming, bright love for you right now. Every time that you let that in, you're receiving that miracle. You're receiving that miracle. So know that that love is that tangible, that tangible experience of A Course in Miracles. It is. Thank and you. I see that light in you, Sheila. I Thank see it brightly. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you everybody for sharing. I'd love to move into, now, now I also want to acknowledge this is hard work and you all are troopers for being willing to dig, to being, for being willing to dig deeply into your own mind, to exhume these fears, to bring them to the Holy Spirit. Because that exchange, what we're asking for is that experience of love. We're asking for that experience of something beyond ourselves that we can know while we're here, seemingly walking around in these separate bodies. So I, I, I just give a shout out to all of you for being willing to stick with this because we're going deep, we're, we're going deep. <laughs> so coming back to our unwillingness, Suzanne said this so beautifully, and here's, here's the part of the course that I wanna share with you. This is from chapter 16, I'm gonna read a, a paragraph from the course. Chapter 16, part six, paragraph number 12. The Holy Spirit asks only this little help of you. Whenever your thoughts wander to a special relationship which still attracts you, enter with him into a holy instant and there let him release you. He needs only your willingness to share his perspective, to give it to you completely. And this is the sentence I really want to highlight. Your willingness need not be complete because his is perfect. I want to read that again. Your willingness need not be complete because his is perfect. And it is his task to atone for your unwillingness by his perfect faith, and it is his faith you share with him there. Here's the next sentence I really want to emphasize. Out of your recognition of your unwillingness for your release, his perfect willingness is given you. Again, I want to say that one more time. Out of your recognition of your unwillingness for your release, his perfect willingness is given you. Call upon him, for heaven is at his call, and let him call on heaven for you. I want to read that sentence one more time, that last sentence. Call upon him, for heaven is at his call, and let him call on heaven for you. I emphasize that last sentence, let him call on heaven for you, 
because we are asked to do so little. Whatever pain it is that we have, whatever it is that we're struggling with, we're asked to let the Holy Spirit do the healing for us. I would zoom past that word for, that tiny little three word, F-O-R. I would zoom past that in my mind in the course for years because there's many references like this where it's asking us to let the Holy Spirit choose for God for us, to let him call on heaven for you. We're actually asked to do so little in this healing process, but to turn to the Holy Spirit and to ask the Holy Spirit to do it for us. So when Suzanne was speaking earlier, this is perfect because our, our willingness need not be complete because his is perfect. So that recognition of where we're not willing, you know, I'm seeing how I'm not committed. Maybe you're not mostly committed, but the little bit of you that is, is all that matters. That little bit of you that has said yes, and you've all said yes, or you would not be here. That tiny bit is all you need to guarantee the outcome. And the outcome is that we're all going to make it. We're all waking up. We are waking up to the love that we truly are. I see this on a daily basis. I see this happening as we connect with many people across the world online. It's happening. So again, your willingness need not be complete because his is perfect. It's his task to atone for your unwillingness by his perfect faith. So if we can recognize our unwillingness to heal, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, I want to back up for a minute here because this idea of unwillingness for some of us might feel unrelatable. It might not feel like we have an experience of our unwillingness. So I just want to use some more common words here for a moment. I'm sure we've all heard of the term self-sabotage, right? Or Freud, if you studied any psychology, Freud talked about the death instinct. How, how lovely does that sound? <laughs> but this idea of self-sabotage, if you've ever had an experience where things are going well and then you just start looking for like the negative, or if things are going well and you, or maybe you know, maybe it's easier sometimes to see this in other people than it is in ourselves. You might see somebody else who is trying to get it together, is doing really good, and then they just go for a relapse or they go back into, you know, whatever pattern it was that they were struggling with. This is a reflection of our unwillingness to heal. Now, what is another way of saying unwillingness to heal? But it's being afraid of love. It's being afraid of the love of God because we think we're going to lose something. There are some phrases that I used to use a lot, and I'm sure you've heard of them, and maybe you still use them. For instance, one of the popular phrases in our culture is, God takes away the good in your life to make room for the better. Has anybody heard that before? Anybody heard that phrase before? God takes away the good in your life to make room for the better, a few of us. Um, or God gives you only what you can handle. Think about it. Does that proclaim a loving God? <laughs> no, that's a reflection of our hidden fear of love, our hidden fear of God. If you think God 
takes away the good in your life to make room for the better? Well, what if we really liked the good? <laughs> what if we really loved the good? You know, that to me is a statement that reflects our unconscious fear of God, or God gives you only what you can handle. That implies that God gives us crap, that God gives us challenges, God gives us difficult situations, and God only gives love. God only gives what is good. God only extends and, and knows the love that God is and the love that we are. The challenges come from the ego. The difficulties come from the ego script that we wrote according to the course when we decided, you know, we wanted to be separate. And it's important that we release and look at any of these unconscious fears of God that we have in our minds. Because if we are afraid of God, yes, there's going to be unwillingness there. Yes, there's going to be self-sabotage. There's going to be resistance. That's another word that comes to mind to describe this. We're going to resist it because we are afraid of it, because we think that we're going to lose something. So this is another exercise that you can adapt the homework if you'd like to try to identify fears. What if you put God in charge for good forever? What, is, what fears come up? What are you afraid of? You know, what do you think might happen as a result? And as I'm even saying this, if anybody has anything that you can pop in the chat, if you, if you can identify even quickly that if you were to 100% place God in charge, are you afraid to be asked to sacrifice something? Are you, be afraid, or are you afraid that you'd be asked to change relationships or move or change jobs or something like that? If there's anything that you can identify, feel free to put it in the chat. But more importantly, afraid you won't like your life, Angela, that's beautiful. Um, there is just another fear then to take to Holy Spirit to say, hey, people will think I'm crazy. Stephanie, thank you. That's a big one, right? If we're listening to God and following only God, people are going to think I'm absolutely nuts. There is a teacher. Has anybody heard of Peace Pilgrim? The te spiritual teacher Peace Pilgrim. Good, good. I'm so glad a few of us have. If some of us haven't, I have a blog post with some of my favorite videos about Peace Pilgrim on my website. You could just go to my website, which is from anxietytolove.com and search for Peace Pilgrim. Peace Pilgrim is a woman who lived these practices before Course in Miracles was even in existence. She walked around the country, around the continent with no belongings, with a blue tunic that said 10,000, or I think it was 10,000 miles on foot for peace, and then that may have been increased, I think, to 30,000 miles on foot for peace. She trusted that she would be given food. She trusted that she'd be given shelter. She, would, she trusted that anything that she needed would be provided for her. She listened to God. And Stephanie, with your comment, people will think I'm crazy. Her family thought she was nuts. She left her husband. She, you know, left her family. She left her comfortable life to walk, to be a pilgrim, to be a wanderer. And in appreciating her message, we can clearly see she was not crazy. She was listening and so tuned in and such a gorgeous demonstration of these principles. So if anybody wants an actual example of this work in action, somebody who lived it for 30 something years, she walked around the continent.
with no belongings. Check out the documentary of her on my, on my website. Um, afraid I won't be safe, Diane. Yep, another fear that if we let go to God, we're afraid that we're not going to be safe. Um, afraid I won't get my dreams or desires. Beautiful, Nadia. I don't think God, I think God doesn't see me. I can't keep playing the human game. Yeah, Lori. Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a big one. Aren't we afraid that if we totally let go to God, I shouldn't say this broadly, I'll speak for myself. I was afraid that if I let go, released all my fears and totally dedicated my life to God, that I would be whisked away. I was afraid if I aced A Course in Miracles, poof, you know, poof, I'd be, I'd be out of this body. And that is not the case at all. God needs our voice. Holy Spirit needs our voice. It needs our eyes, our ears, our hands, our feet to be able to be in this world, to know that we're not of this world and to be able to demonstrate that love to, to others. So that's a big one, Lori. I'm glad that you said that. Afraid I'll be asked to leave my loved ones behind. Afraid people will judge and criticize me. Fear that God's not really there, that there is no God. Beautiful. Um, afraid of being homeless and hungry. Awesome. So see how this is wonderful that you all are identifying these fears if we totally put God in control because those fears are our block for advancing. There are blocks for fully living these teachings. And I can assure you, A Course in Miracles assures you that God asks nothing. No sacrifice of anyone or anything is ever asked. What you will decide when you give your life to God, when you fully trust, when you fully listen, you will decide to let go of the things that don't serve you. You will decide, I no longer want to be in control. I no longer care if people are going to judge or criticize me. I no longer really care about playing the human game anymore. And even if we get to that point, we very well might still be here for many, many, many more years because we're asked to be those miracle workers. We're asked to be those light workers. So I encourage everybody, thank you all so much for adding these things into the, the chat. I really encourage you to identify these, keep identifying these fears of God and say with each one, each time you notice it, Holy Spirit, I am willing to look at this fear with you. I'm willing to give it to you. I'm willing to bring it to the light for healing because getting these fears and beliefs out of our mind, what's happening, but you are creating a nice open space for love to rush in, for love to come into your awareness fill your being, fill your knowing, and for you to know that that is what you truly are, that that is what you truly are, and that is what you can extend to others. So thank you, everybody, for, for identifying all of that. Wow. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good stuff. So with acknowledging our unwillingness, there's a lesson in A Course in Miracles that I want to bring up, and I, I fully am acknowledging right now that this is one of those lessons that might really tick off our egos. We might not like what we're hearing, but if we can stay willing, even if it's just this much willingness, this has the power to set us free. 
This is A Course in Miracles lesson. I'm forgetting the number, I think. Let me see if I have it earmarked. It is... I don't have it earmarked. It is Sickness is a Defense Against the Truth. If anybody has the lesson number handy, feel free to pop that into the chat. I want to say it's 130-something, but it's... I can't find it at the moment. But anyway, it is sickness is a defense against the truth. And I am going to pause one moment. I just saw, Rich, your comment, so nurturing that I can embrace the certainty that Holy Spirit will always be walking with me. Yes, 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 yes. Beautiful. Thank you, Rich. So sickness is a defense against the truth. What does this mean? This is one of those lessons that... I initially had a lot of resistance to when I first read it. Lesson 136 from Angela. Thank you, Angela. 136. I want you to substitute the word sickness for whatever your biggest hang up, your biggest ego trip up is. So for me, it was anxiety. Maybe for you, it's depression. Maybe it's a physical illness. Maybe it is a conflict in a relationship. It doesn't matter. It, we're not just talking physical sickness. We're all, you know, being here, believing that we're these bodies means that we're not in our true right mind. And so sickness is referring to a broad array of ways that sickness can manifest, including you know, like I said, anxiety, depression, addiction, conflict, lack, you know, scarcity, those types of things. How are these a defense against the truth? I talked about this last week a little bit, that the ego will dangle bait in front of us because it's hoping we will take it to not look beyond the picture. It wants us to stay focused on this world of form. And so anxiety is a defense against the truth. How so? It means that anxiety is so painful, it is so distracting, it is so compelling that it will keep my attention so I do not have to know truth. So I will keep my attention away from truth and focus instead on my problem. So that's how anxiety is a defense against the truth. That's how depression or sickness or conflict or lack or scarcity, no matter if you have a physical sickness or not, you know, no guilt. This is referring to all of us. This is referring to all of our problems. It becomes so real and so painful that we just won't look beyond it. So this lesson points us to remembering that healing comes from the mind, that if sickness is somehow or anxiety is somehow a defense against the truth, in our minds is where we can learn of the truth again. In our minds is where we can let the love in again. And I have a very practical story, which I'll refer you to my podcast. I did a podcast with a woman by the name of Fiona Williams, who talked about healing happening on the mind level, and it actually resulted in a physical healing of her vertigo. She 
was working these principles and working them and working them and had a dream that this like gunky oily thing came out of her ear and the next and nothing actually came out of her ear but the next morning she woke up and the vertigo that she had been struggling with was gone if you go to from anxiety to love.com forward slash episode three you can hear her story so I want to also emphasize though, since I'm just talking about in that example of physical healing, the course says to doubt a healing. Hold on, I brought this up before we started beginning because I wanted to I wanted to read this to you. One of the most difficult temptations to recognize is that to doubt a healing because of the appearance of continuing symptoms is a mistake in the form of lack of trust. I'm going to read that one more time. One of the most difficult temptations to recognize is that to doubt a healing because of the appearance of continuing symptoms is a mistake in the form of lack of trust. So in other words, we have to remember that healing happens on the level of the mind. We might see it reflected in the body. We might not. The body might take a long time to catch up. We have to remember that, that it, we can't doubt that a healing has happened in our minds, even if we still see symptoms. That's again, another ego trap is to hook us with what we're seeing in the external. So any reactions, any, any shares based on what I've shared so far with this perhaps challenging lesson of sickness as a defense against the truth of looking at our unwillingness Feel free to raise your hand, uh, or if you'd like to pop something into the chat, we can just take a couple of, of moments here before we move on. Anybody have anything to share? Any reactions, any insights? I just have a question. Can you clarify what you mean by the mind? Do you mean our thoughts? or the brain what exactly does that mean i've never known what that meant by the course of miracles great question so from a course perspective we are mind mind we are ab we, we are this is where we're getting a little abstract but our minds are separate from our brains so science would tell you your your brain is producing you know your mind the course is saying no the brain is actually part of the body the mind is something different. And it's, it's, it's our minds, our thoughts, which our thoughts are coming from our mind, but our thoughts are not our real thoughts, meaning the thoughts that we're aware of on the surface of our mind, that mind chatter, that ego chatter, the ba 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 that we all know so well, our real thoughts from our mind are actually deeper than that. It's the ego chatter thoughts that are on the surface that we're aware of. The deeper thoughts are thoughts of love and thoughts of joy that come from our, our mind. So um, I don't wanna, I guess, digress too much about this, but is it enough to know that mind is separate from the brain and that that mind is, yes, okay, great. Great, wonderful. I'm glad that helped. Any other comments or questions before we move on? And by the way, I did get some really fantastic questions from people in between class that I will address. And if I don't get to address all of them, I can write those folks back. 
Are ego thoughts the collective unconscious? Ooh, Nadia, what a fantastic question. I think that, you know, the ego, if anybody's heard of something called the Akashic Record, that is, I think, related to this idea of a collective unconscious. Christine has her hand raised. Oh, okay, I'll be right with you, Christine. Thank you. The collective unconscious, I'm not sure. Nadia, I'm going to say I don't know. The ego thoughts, though, are shared. You know, we did have that tiny mad idea and they are, the, the desire to be separate from God is unconscious. So you could say that there is a collective unconscious element to the ego thoughts for sure, but also in our unconscious mind is our memory of love, is our memory of who we truly are. So there is something unconscious that is, is truth as well. So um, I think I'm gonna leave that there. The Akashic record that I just brought up, I like to think about being every mistaken thought that we had in our descent into separation. And so we are healing, you know, those thoughts on our, our, on our ascent into peace. Christine. Hi. Um, I kind of questioned, you were talking about uh, the healed. Uh, I, I'm not sure what you meant by it. it it's, um, I'm thinking, Okay, uh, I'm not feeling that the doctors are diagnosing me right. Um, are you saying that I'm still healing even though I'm not feeling that way because in the mind I'm actually healing? I am saying that, yes, if you are turning to Holy Spirit, if you have turned to Holy Spirit at all, which you have, or you wouldn't be here, that you are healing. Yes, your mind is healing. You are opening the way for your awareness of your eternal nature, your eternal truth to come forward. So this healing at the mind level, it doesn't mean that we don't go through what we need to in terms of going to the doctor or taking care of ourselves. It doesn't mean that we don't do that. It means that we recognize that all healing actually does come from the mind. And therefore we can also work at that level while we still do what we need to do with perhaps going to, you know, the doctor and, and getting things taken so care of. So the body can well say have cancer and um uh, i i truly believe that when we pass on that, that that's healing if if that's what's supposed to happen but um so you're saying that in the mind i can be healed even though the body isn't healed per se that is the mind yes is where the healing happens it's where the healing happens i go back to that course quote that to doubt that healing because of the appearance of ongoing symptoms is a mistake in the form of lack of trust so that is where you know there are some teachers and i 
I love the work of Nook Sanchez in this area. If anybody's familiar with her work, I referenced her. She's what inspired the homework. She really is diving into this teaching, the deeper teachings of A Course in Miracles with looking at physical healings and the spontaneous healings that can come about because of the work on the level of the mind though. You know, the moment that we have the goal of healing the body, we've made the body real. So there's our mistake, you know, there's our mistake that we're already making this thing real that we think needs healing when the body is actually outside of us. It's actually something that we are projecting from our mind. And so it's the mind that needs the healing. Because we're not really uh, Corrine or it, it's our spirit right. that's real. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's our spirit that's real. Absolutely. Yes. Um, thank you for that so much. And Sheila, if we're not a body, why do we work so hard to keep it healthy and in shape? Because we believe <laughs> that we need to. We're not ready. If you think about it, we're not ready. We just identified so many thoughts about our fears of God, right? So we're not ready to receive direct healing from spirit because that threatens our thought system, that threatens and can make us afraid, that can actually amplify our fears. But we can accept healing through means that aren't scary, like exercise and you know eating right or medication or whatever. So we receive it through what the Course calls magic because we're too afraid to accept that healing directly. And that's okay, we have to be where we are. I always, always emphasize do what you need to do wherever you are. I still take vitamins, you know, I'll still take medication as I need to, but what I do, my practice is always to take it with Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, you know, I'm going to drink this green juice because I believe it keeps me healthy. I'm drinking it with you <laughs> and I'm going to trust that my belief in it or my need for it is going to fall away when I am ready to let it go. So I'll take my vitamins with Holy Spirit. I'll take the pill with Holy Spirit. And I'm going to trust that my belief in it is going to fall away the minute that I'm ready to let it go. Rich says, the body is like a suit of clothing that we chose to wear. Once the mind is healed, we can shed the suit of clothing and know who we really are. Perfect light, perfect love and light. Rich, thank you for that. Yes, yes, yes. That's beautiful. Thank you, everybody, for your comments. So, okay, I have another area that I'd like for us to dive into. So we've talked about unwillingness, that being a big one, needing to look at our unwillingness in order to remove the blocks in our mind, looking at our blocks, the fears that we have of God, and being willing to let those go as well. And... The next thing that I want to talk about was the other thing that I referenced in our call last week, and that's about seeing past appearances. Now, a couple of folks who wrote with questions, I won't read your questions right now, but they had to do with worrying about other people in some form. And this exercise that we're going to do is all about learning how to see past, past appearances. 
Now, what I mean by that, just as we are not bodies and we are eternal love and light, that is our truth. The appearance of us is not the truth. It's not who we truly, truly are. We can't see past that appearance with our body's eyes by ourselves. We just aren't capable of it. We need the Holy Spirit to see past appearances for us. So, how this relates to anxiety. What is the benefit of seeing past appearances? So, the benefit is, if I have somebody in my life who is agitating me or making me upset or really triggering me, if I am willing to see past the appearance of their behavior and to know again the love that is in them, that is going to reinforce the fact that this love, the same love is in me. It's in my mind. I can then join with that love in them through that love in me. There's a term in A Course in Miracles called charity. And I love this term because it's referring to seeing somebody beyond where they are right now. So let's say you are talking with somebody who's struggling and you're willing to see the perfection in them. You're willing to see the light in them. You're willing to see the love in them. That's charity is being willing to see it's, it's um, the circle of atonement. Robert Perry defined it as generous perception, which I love that we're allowing our perception to just see beyond the craziness, to see beyond the insanity, to go beyond that but we're not using our body's eyes. It's more like, in my experience, we're using our heart. We're using a different type of vision within us. We're gonna do an activity surrounding this, and this is another very powerful activity. I'm going to explain it in just a moment, and I'm going to explain it slowly because there are levels to it. I also want to share another prayer in A Course in Miracles that helps me so much when I am hooked by circumstances around me or when I am triggered by something, something happening even in my own body, if it's an illness or a sickness or just anxiety in general. This is from chapter 19, part four, section C, paragraph number 11. The prayer is, Take this from me and look upon it, judging it for me. Again, take this from me and look upon it, judging it for me. It goes on to say, let me not see it as a sign of sin and death, nor use it for destruction. Teach me how not to make of it an obstacle to peace, but let you use it for me to facilitate its coming. So in other words, whatever I'm seeing with my body's eyes, I'm saying, take it from me, Holy Spirit. Look upon it and judge it for me. Let me not use it as a sign of sin and death because that's what I'm going to think about. I'm going to think about judgment and mistakes and error. Teach me instead, rather than making this thing that I'm seeing an obstacle to peace, let you use it for me to facilitate peace's coming. I'm giving you this difficulty that I'm seeing. And I'm letting you use it for me to restore peace in my awareness. How powerful is this? So if the only sentence you remember is, take this from me and look upon it, judging it for me, that's enough. 
take this from me and look upon it, judging it for me. Now this exercise, I want to first explain how you can do this solo. So if anybody watching the replay wants to do this, you'll be able to do this on your own. And if you all who are here right now want to do this later, this is a very powerful practice that you can do at any time when you need a reset, when you, when you want to be seen with charity, when you want to be seen as further along in your journey than you are. This comes from, if you have my book, it's page 138. It is actually in the form of a meditation called the Rock Meditation. Where is it? I had it earmarked before. It's called the Rock Meditation. It's in the last part of my book. It's also, I have, the, I have it recorded as a meditation on the From Anxiety to Love Meditation album. The practice is, I said it was page 138. Why don't I just turn to that? There it is. I thought I had it earmarked. That's why. I'm going to just read part of, part of this to you. To help you remember the truth of who you are, find a picture that represents someone or something who can see only the truth in you. This might be a representation of your inner therapist, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, Buddha, an angel, a pet, or any other loved one, any presence whom you can envision seeing you with perfect love. Choose a picture in which this being is looking directly at you so you can make eye contact with the eyes of the image. If you don't have a physical picture, just imagine this being looking directly at you. So then the meditation goes on where you imagine that this being is seeing only what is true in you. And what is true in you but love, but peace, but joy, but truth. So you get to imagine that this being, and here I'll just share with you, I have this picture of Jesus that I'll use. It printed out kind of dark. And I will just hold this and look at it and imagine that Jesus is looking at me with true, with, with true perception, with vision, seeing only the truth in me. So if I'm going through something painful, if I'm going through something really challenging, something that hurts, I'm imagining that this being, and again, you can use any image that's meaningful for you. I'm imagining that they're looking at me with perfect love and upholding that perfect love in me. This is incredibly, incredibly peace-inducing. And we can do this actually together. We're going to do this together in groups. So I'm going to describe the breakout now because we're going to actually get into groups of three. If you can't any one of your five grandchildren will do. Thank you, beautiful Sheila. I'm, I'm glad you have many to choose from. That's wonderful. When you're in your breakouts, your groups of three, if you can't participate in a breakout right now for any reason, just don't join the room. But if you can, here's what you're gonna do. And everybody's gonna have a chance. The first person to share, and you'll each get a turn to do this, you're going to share something that you're struggling with. 
for about a one to two minutes of your four minutes, for one to two minutes, you get to share what you're going through. You can feel the pain. You can just get it out. You can be heard. After two minutes, I want you to have two minutes where you're quiet. And what you're going to say to yourself when you are quiet is that you are willing for the other two people in your breakout to see only the truth in you. The people in the breakout, so the, the two other people who are listening to you, all you're going to do is practice seeing the truth in that person sharing. You're going to practice seeing past appearances. You're going to practice joining with the love in them. So your job as listeners, the two who are listening, your job is to only listen and your job is to stay in your willingness to see only the truth. And you in your mind, when you're listening, you can say, Holy Spirit, I'm willing to see only the truth. I'm willing to see only the truth. I'm willing to see only the truth. So what's happening here is that as person number one is sharing their struggle or their problem, there are two people witnessing this who are willing to see past the struggle to the light and the love and the truth beyond because that is what is real. The struggle, the problem is not the truth. It is not the truth. It's the love and the light beyond that is. So the job of the two listeners is to uphold that truth, to not join in the suffering, but to stay in that place of being willing to see with love. When person number one, I'm gonna just put a couple of, of things in the chat. And if you wanna copy and paste this, if you're able to, that might be helpful. If not, don't worry about it. This is just, this is just for assistance. Person number one, after you're done sharing, after your one minute or two passes, so in other words, person number one, you've just shared your problem and you can end by saying, I am willing for you to see only the truth in me. I'm willing to let you see only the truth in me, however you want to word it. My, my words are just suggestions. You don't have to use my words. The other two listeners, I'm going to give you some suggested phrases that you can say in your mind to this other person. And this is coming. These are the listeners. I'm going to call you all the listeners. And it's not letting me copy and paste. <laughs> I'll just do a couple here. I see your light is an example. Oh, there it is. It all just came through. I'm sorry you just got that double in the chat. It didn't go through the first time. Listeners, you might repeat these things in your mind. I see your light. You are healed. You are safe. You are whole. You are well. You are eternal. I'm willing to join with the truth in you. I'm willing to see past appearances. 
These are just some suggestions. Don't stress or worry about getting these exact words. The words will come to you. The words are in your heart. They're in your mind. You know what to say. So in that silence that you're holding, you're just going to look at each other through the computer screen and just whoever did the sharing first is just going to receive what it feels like to have only the love upheld, only the truth upheld. Did you follow me? <laughs> Give me some thumbs up. You followed me. Excellent. Okay. Lots of thumbs, lots of thumbs. Wonderful. So we're going to give this a go with our next round of breakouts. So the first person to go, again, you're going to share a struggle for one to two minutes and then be in silence, be willing to receive only the truth. The listeners, you are in your minds going to repeat these things in your mind to this other person while you're gazing, seeing with them through, excuse me, seeing them through loving eyes. Let's give it a go. Okay, and Corinne, the question came through just to emphasize, I think you just clarified. Ah. You're not speaking these things, just thinking them. You can do this either way. You know what? The, the person who's sharing, if you want to hear these statements out loud, you can ask your two listeners to say these to you. If you need that extra reinforcement of hearing it, go ahead and ask. Please repeat those phrases to me, and, and then the two people can alternate back and forth and saying those things, or you're welcome. If you just want silence, you can just go right into silence. I'm going to let you all decide because it can be really powerful to do it either way. Thank you for that clarification. Let's do it. again. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. As we're joining back together, I'd love if anybody would like to share what their experience was like doing that activity. You can raise your hand. You can press star nine if you're on the phone, or you can pop something into the chat. It's a very, very powerful activity to be heard, but also to have only the truth upheld within us instead of whatever it is that we're seemingly caught up in. So feel free if you feel moved to share by raising your hand, typing in the chat or pressing star nine if you're on the phone. We loved how not everybody came back right away <laughs> because we got the sense that folks were having a good time. Is there somebody off of, oh, maybe we're all off of mute. Anybody who wants to share, I felt very peaceful and joyful while receiving. It's easier to give than, rece than receive. Stephanie, wow, that's beautiful to recognize because it is often an a common experience, I think, especially for women, that it's much easier to give than to receive. So that can be something that we can recognize that we can work on is, is receiving and being open to receiving and being willing to see that differently with Holy Spirit. Suzanne said, this is an exercise I'm going to share with my loved ones. Yes, it's a beautiful, beautiful exercise to do. And Christine said, I feel so at peace now. Wonderful. That's gorgeous. And Emily, I see you have your hand raised. Um, I just wanted to say on both sides, it felt, I think, really amazing, just in the sense of usually if I'm 
expressing a struggle or something with someone, I'm holding the space for judgment instead of allowing someone to see the light in me. Like, if I'm sharing a struggle, and think, oh, they're going to think this about me or, um, you know, form on some level in regards to receiving judgment mm. in return for being vulnerable so it kind of teaches me to like shut that vulnerable and then you know I see you as abundant or I see you as prosperous it just made me think that that's what I want to do for other people as they're expressing their you know, struggles with me that's beautiful Emily that's so beautiful thank you I you cut out for a little bit um in there but I think I got the gist of what you were saying and that that vulnerability piece is is really important also. And what a beautiful thing for us to be able to, to extend these thoughts of love and kindness to, to our brothers and sisters. That's awesome. Thank you. Deanna. It's actually pronounced Dina, but. Dina, Dina, I apologize. <laughs> um, I, as we got to the last person, um, I felt such a warm sense of energy flowing in my body, just I still have a little bit of it now, just a warm, I guess it's a connection sense, something like that. Yeah. It's very yeah. nice. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. That warm connection, wherever you experience that right now in your body, remember that place because that can be a place that you can later return your attention to if you're feeling disconnected or if you're not feeling you know, grounded, that might be a place that you can bring your attention to in your body to see if you can connect again with that feeling of connection. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dina. So thank you everybody for sharing. Rich wrote, this exercise is very helpful, inviting me to listen deeply and feel and give peace certainly promotes oneness. Yes. What a great exercise to do in the mirror with myself, said Cheryl. Cheryl, I'm glad that you said that because that was something that Angela and I were, what Angela was sharing when everybody was in their breakout group that imagine being able to see past our own drama. Imagine looking into the mirror and seeing that God is looking, you know, God is looking through us that, that we can receive again the truth of who we are by being willing to see past our own appearances too. That's really, really profound and really powerful. And Karen wrote how powerful and loving. Beautiful, thank you everybody. This, I, I have my eye on the time. I know we're at the top of our time together. I hope that this is something that, this exercise that you'll take with you, that you'll remember. It's been a very profound exercise for me. I'm so grateful to, ha to have had the opportunity to spend these past two Mondays with you for this class. Jennifer will be thrilled, I'm sure, to be back with you and you all will be you know, joining with her again next week. But I just extend the warmest of thanks to Jennifer for this opportunity. And I wanted to let you all know that I referenced before the From Anxiety to Love meditation album, and I'm putting a link in the chat for I have three free meditations from that album. If you're interested in downloading them, you can just click on that link. It's a three different meditations. One is for willingness, 
and finding your willingness. The other one is for anchoring to the present moment. So it's, it's, it's a blend of this work with mindfulness. And then the third meditation is releasing worry about your body. These are the actual meditations from my book, From Anxiety to Love, set to beautiful music. And I will tell you, I do not usually listen to my own recorded voice. There's just something about that that is weird, but these meditations I have listened to because this, the music in the background is just so beautiful. And it's, it's, you know, I love doing this work. And so I've actually listened to these meditations myself. So that's my gift for you all is to grab three of those meditations from that link. I'll send a follow-up email just to say thank you. For those of you who wrote to me and I didn't specifically address your questions, I'll write back to you separately. And what a joy, please stay connected. Uh, you all know where to find me online through my website from anxietytolove.com. And of course, send me a Facebook friend request. Um, let's, let's stay connected there too. And I am just so filled with gratitude. So let's close our time together with a meditative prayer. If you'd like placing your hand on your heart and connecting with your sense of gratitude for this time, for the work that you just did with your partners in your breakout groups, for every single one of us participating in this call, for holding the space, for raising our vibration, for raising our energy, knowing that each time you choose a miracle, you're doing this for all of the world. When we are healed, we are not healed alone. We're not just doing this work for us. We're doing this for all of our brothers, for all of our sisters, for everyone that we love, for every living thing in this world. And that's no small gift. This is a big deal. And so feeling this gratitude for everybody here for these past two Mondays and beyond, for holding the space and for sharing in the love. And taking a nice mindful breath in and out. And allowing your eyes to open. Thank you, everybody. Sending so much love. That's all, folks. Have a great night. <laughs> love you all. Take care. Stay in touch. Bye-bye. <laughs>